My colleague Aaron Slauson and I have been working on our annual export report for a while now, and earlier this week we released the report. So today we wanted to take a moment to walk through some of the findings in that report. From the US China Business Council in Washington, DC, I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Aaron Slauson is our senior editor in our Washington, DC office. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Yes, hello again. It's great to be back. All right, so we wrote this report together, and then the general way we divvied it up as we wrote it was that I covered goods and you covered services exports. So I figured that's probably the easiest way to to go through some of these findings. So with that in mind, um, the top line data that we, we saw from this export report is that U.S. goods exports to China hit an all-time high in 2021 um, after a trough in 2019 during the peak of the trade war between the U.S. and China. We saw pretty substantial goods growth in 2020 and then even more substantial goods growth in 2021, leaving us at a grand total of $149 billion in U.S. goods exports to China up from 123 billion the year before. And then services exports, which you cover in more detail later, um, as people might expect, were crushed pretty badly by the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, um, falling by about a third to $37 billion. And then in 2020, the combined amount of US jobs that are supported by goods and services exports stood at around 858,000. And we can dig into that a little more later. To sort of dig into the good side of this equation, 2021 was the peak for US goods exports to China at around $149 billion. The the goods that US sends to China are very varied. Um, There are a couple top line items at the top that represent a pretty large takeaway, but the the whole portfolio of US goods exports to China is really, really varied. The the largest one is oil, seeds, and grains um, at just under $22 billion, and then kind of following it up behind Semiconductors and their componentry is another big one at $14 billion. And then oil and gas is the third at around $12 billion. Um, And then one that we saw pretty substantial growth in this year was pharmaceuticals and medicines that was around $8 billion. And then industrial machinery is the next one there at $7.5 billion. Oil seeds and grains saw some pretty significant growth to sort of cement their place as the the top U.S. export to China in, in 2021. A lot of the heartland states um, exported a lot of oil seeds and grains, crops like soybeans, wheat, corn, um, to China than they did the year before. Um, those exports to China grew by about $4.8 billion, so it was a real, a real leader there. Um, the, the second place spot was, was semiconductors, and, and semiconductors are, there are several states in the union that produce semiconductors, but Oregon is by far the largest producer. And as a, as a the national total, um, semiconductor exports to China grew by about $2.1 billion, bringing that total to about $14 billion. Um, and more than half of those exports come from Oregon. And a bulk of them come from Oregon's first district, which is home to uh, Silicon Forest, which is a kind of area where there's a lot of semiconductor fabs um, or uh, factories there, essentially. Oil and gas exports also grew pretty significantly in 2021. We see a lot of those focused in Texas and Louisiana. Those are the, the real big two leaders. Arkansas is third um, and is, is by far a lot smaller. Texas saw its exports of oil and gas increase by about $1.6 billion. Uh, and Louisiana saw its exports grow in 2021 by about half a billion dollars. Pharmaceuticals is another one of those categories that was of interest. Um, Of the top five export categories in 2021, pharmaceuticals and medicines was one of the new ones that was added. Um, It saw growth that kind of pushed it into the top five of goods export categories. Um, 
China has made some changes to the regulatory processes for getting new drugs approved. Um, and U.S. pharmaceutical companies have, have kind of seen their exports grow to China, partially a result of that and partially as a result of uh, China seeking to import drugs that are focused on diseases that are life-threatening and that it has few domestic equivalents for. Um, so we've seen a kind of growth in those high-value, high-demand uh, drugs and vaccines. And so while the, the goods export story was, was widely positive, that's obviously not the case for services, but I will, I will let you tell that story, Aaron. So unfortunately, the positive news really stops with goods exports. Um, services exports to China in 2020 really suffered as a result of the pandemic. I'm sure it's not a surprise to anyone, but overall services exports to China dropped 33% from 2019 to 2020. Even though we're talking about 2020 here, which feels like a lifetime ago, I wouldn't be surprised if the data for 2021 look relatively the same, just because travel is historically our largest services export to China, and the travel situation between the United States and China hasn't gotten much better. So just to give some specifics, personal travel and tourism was down by 90%, business travel down by 90%, health-related travel down by 79%. Also, another category that is travel adjacent is education services exports, which is a more convoluted way of saying uh, tuition and other fees that are paid by Chinese students uh, studying in the U.S. So those exports were down by 19%. And Chinese students make up the largest demographic of international students studying in the United States. So yeah, our universities took a big hit that year. Even though in the report it says that education services exports were the United States' largest export category to China, it wasn't due to any gains in that industry. Like I said, those exports were down by 19%. It was really just due to all of the other categories being hit even harder. And like, sure, this was unavoidable to a large extent. No country was spared by the pandemic. When you look at the United States' top services markets, the decline in exports to China was the greatest. So we've gone over goods, we've gone over services, and the next question we looked at was, where does this leave American jobs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the general overall story is that U.S. jobs that were supported by U.S. exports, that's goods and services together, in 2020 fell by around 5% down from the year before, 2019. Essentially, the, the very long and short story here is that goods exports were growing in 2020, but they did not grow enough to overcome some of the really, really steep declines in services exports in the same year. So while goods exports were growing, services exports fell faster, so the amount of total U.S. jobs that were supported by all of those exports to China fell by about 5%. So for some of the goods areas that were really boosting jobs that year, Oregon's first district saw a bunch of semiconductor exports in 2020, they saw growth there. And then just as in 2021, in 2020, a lot of the heartland states that were exporting a large amount of oil seeds and grains, um, they also saw pretty substantial growth in goods exports there, which helped support some of those, uh, some of those US jobs. In the goods exports, while it was mostly a kind of positive thing in 2020, um, aerospace hubs were a real outlier. Um, South Carolina's 6th district and Washington's 2nd district both used to be very, very large exporters of aerospace products. 
Um, and those exports fell pretty precipitously in 2020. So that was kind of one of the major good stories that was actually very negative for U.S. jobs there. Um, for example, um, in South Carolina's sixth, the number of jobs that was supported by exports in that district fell from almost 10,000 in 2019 to less than 2,000 in 2020 as a result of those falling exports of aerospace products. But of course, since this is combined goods and services, there was also the, the negative impact of COVID-19, um, which, which leads to, to your section. What was the impact of, of services exports on, on these jobs numbers? So naturally, the opposite happened with services just because services dropped, you know, one third that year. And a lot of services are very labor intensive. So states and districts whose services exports rely heavily on tourism saw jobs decline. For example, New York's 10th and 12th districts, um, so that encompasses parts of Brooklyn and Manhattan, they exported the most in services to China in 2020 out of all congressional districts, but both of them actually saw a more than 22% contraction in services exports to China from the year before. And in turn, the number of jobs that are supported by their combined exports to China declined by nearly 7,000. Um, so that's New York, but if you look at the other side of the country, California's 43rd district, so that includes part of LA, including LAX. Services exports to China decreased by 43.6%, and the number of jobs supported by exports declined by roughly the same proportion. So I think looking into the future, it's going to be really interesting um, what the what the jobs numbers look like for 2021 and further in 2022, just because we have these diverging trends with goods and services going in opposite directions. So a few questions I have are, one, what's going to happen to goods exports if the trade relationship unravels? Um, we have some upcoming inflection points with tariffs. So for example, uh, the U.S. Court of International Trade is requiring USTR to justify some of the Trump-era tariff expansions. That will be interesting. It's also happening around the same time that USTR is going to have to reassess those tariffs. Otherwise, the tariffs will expire. It's also up in the air what's going to happen with services. I think a lot of us thought that China's travel restrictions would be loosened by now, but that's not the case. Um, the COVID situation in China continues to deteriorate and the 20th Party Congress is coming up, so it doesn't look like those restrictions will loosen anytime soon. And if that's the case, I just don't see a scenario where the services exports have any type of significant recovery. And that will continue to have have an impact on American jobs. Mm -hmm. And if you want to read this report, you can find it at our website, uschina.org, under our reports section, or on the front page, or at the link in this episode's description. Aaron, thanks very much. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Again, Aaron Slauson is our senior editor in Washington, D.C. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you do like the show, please leave it a rating and review. It will always help other people to find it. And as always, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back in a week.